Hi, and welcome back to the Vitus Trader Podcast. I'm your host, Nchabulun Tzibandi. This podcast is aimed at helping new and experienced traders navigate the markets and learn from other traders. In this week's episode, this is, uh, rather, this is episode number 66. In this week's episode, I'm chatting with a good friend of mine, Lesa Khisham Tiani. Uh, how are you doing, Maji? I'm good. I, I think, when do I earn the title of resident uh, guest? <laughs> <laughs> I think you've earned it already. I think next. I think the next time I introduce you to the show, I, sh- I should uh, um, call you a resident guest. Yeah, I think nah, we've had like I'm you, good. you, uh, uh, you, and uh, and Simon are the highest frequent guest. I think. Yeah, it's an honor, especially because I know who Simon is. Um, that doesn't come lightly. Um, hopefully. It's not because we're the most accessible, but because we generally tend to have uh, better quality uh, discussions. But if it's due to accessibility, I mean, still, again, I won't <laughs> complain for being ranked to Simon in anything. Yeah, man. The, 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 I'm, I, I feel so blessed with, with the, the kind of circle that I have um, and the kind of access that I have to, to the people that I do have, uh, have access to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I realize now that we're going to run into a problem if I don't charge this laptop. So let me quickly do that. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we, I, I, uh, sorry about that, guys. There you go. There you go. Um, so I, I wrote a piece uh, uh, um, on Just One Lab. Uh, I'll leave the link to, to that in, in the show notes, guys. Um, uh, uh, on trading being a solo spot. Um, when we, wanted, we, we, we wanted to have a discussion on uh, um, yeah. that you must do your own thing in, in, in the market. So, so be, before we, we, we discuss yeah. the, 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 the article in, in, in detail... What is your thing, bro? It's a tough one. <laughs> because the older I've gotten, the more knowledge I've gotten, the more I've realized that um, it's more a question of making it your own more than it being your own thing. So, for mm-hmm. example, it's not a secret that I'm a student of Ben Graham. Um it's not a secret that I'm a fan of um, the best investment psychology that you can get, including uh, Taleb and understanding probability and randomness. So all of those are not ideas that are my own. Mm. But I needed to get to a level where I can understand them in my own language, based on my personality, based on my habits, based on my tendencies, before I can then say, okay, I can almost say this is my own thing because I found in all the areas that determine my competence, I have found people that speak the language that I understand and then have therefore validated who I am as a person. Yeah, well, but if somebody else, for example, in Japan were to put together Graham, Taleb, uh, Buffett, Manga, they wouldn't say I am a Sehi product. They would also call it their own thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and how important yeah. to, 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 to personalize 
their thing, whatever it is. Uh, um, uh, because as you say, um, the, your 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 style, your 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 approach to the market is not necessarily new, um, and you know, for myself as well, the, everything that I do is not exactly new, um, but I own it for myself, right? Um, so so how yeah. important it is for you to 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 own this thing as opposed to um, even just how you frame it in your own mind, uh, as opposed to say. I, I just do what Buffett does, or I just I, I, I just do yeah. what Manga does, or I just do what Sechi does, etc. Yeah. So they say you can't borrow conviction. Um, you can't read conviction. You can't study conviction. Conviction, unfortunately, comes from the work that you've done. You yeah. know. Um. So you first have to understand who you are. Go out into the world and understand what's available. Then come back and reassess, did I diagnose myself correctly? You know? Mm. So I know, for example, before I uh, think I followed Buff, um, uh, Graham, right? I followed the scuttlebutt approach. And I'm sure if I'd read Peter Lynch at that point, I would have thought, oh, snap, <laughs> this is so me. You know? Yeah. I have that gut feeling for... Uh, this type of an investment uh, methodology. That's why I say it then takes studying even everybody else available up until you're comfortable that you know what, I understand Peter Lynch and he works. I understand um, Morgan Housel and he works. I understand um, Walter Sloss, Buffett, Manga, um, uh, Graham, you name them, and they all work. And I now am going forward to say, agreeing that they all work, this is the one that I can stick to given who I am. So for example, I'm, I, and I think it's an example on top of an, on top of an example. Um, I take positions in the market and then I can ignore them completely because I rhyme with my philosophy. So at the time I need to check, tends to be the time when I should check, you know, yeah. based on my uh, philosophy and when it kicks in that I get anxiety. So I'm able to have a conversation with you about a company without looking at the share price or looking at the fundamentals and walk away and not have to confirm what we spoke about because my way of thinking and reasoning follows a particular pattern that I have a conversation with somebody else that is following their own pattern and reasoning. When I do go and check, I should we should still be um, on the same page. And I think you've seen it a lot with Sibanye, um, MTN, Cecil, the guys, where we both called it, but I tell you that I didn't invest because I don't agree with one, two, three. But it doesn't change the fact that we both saw how it would have played out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, true, true, true. Yeah. And I, and and you know, you 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 said something that I I that struck a chord there when you said you can't borrow conviction and neither can you can you borrow confidence and the only way to gain those but, things, you, in fact, you can't you can't bypass your ten thousand hours. Yeah, at all. Yeah, you gotta put in the time, and 
I think I think it's 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 one of the if 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 there's one thing that trips a lot of people up is not having their own thing and relying on whatever it is that that's out there without internalizing it and personalizing it for themselves because a lot of what you do in fact everything that you do in the market needs to be in line with your personality your risk appetite your uh, um, yeah. your your emotional response to to wins and losses you know yeah yeah and hey jebs you know how you know how difficult it is that first it's near impossible to find that right then you just i mean you posted i think yesterday or today or we discussed it today or yesterday that even after finding it you need to stick with it long enough through a market cycle yeah you know and a market cycle depends on your philosophy as well in my case it's 7 years you know where only after 7 years the knowledge and comfort and confidence and work i had done on louis finally came back and became full on conviction you know and yeah. at any point in the seven years you would have said this guy believes in louis more than anything <laughs> but there's a moment after that seven years where something happens and you're just invisible you know um and the invisibility comes from the fact that you've done the work and now the environment has created all the circumstances for you to test that work and yeah. now you've come the other side having put the work through the test and now you're more than comfortable that listen this is my it's not even a philosophy this is who i am and this is the methodology that i go with yeah Yeah. And how how long did it how long did it take you to find your swing? Cuz mine it, it took me a little over 5 years to to um to find my own thing, to find the thing that I'm confident in and I have conviction in that that is the thing that is me, you know, um, in how I behave and, and conduct myself in the market. Yeah. How long did did it take you to find your swing? So I started investing 2012 ish and covid happened ultimately 2020 mm-hmm. right March 2020 um assuming I started first of then 2012 it took me 8 years but the likelihood is that I started somewhere during the year 2012 so then it's seven seven years and a few Uh, I think in a few months, yeah. right? And that's a simplistic answer of how long it took me. I know I read Ben Graham 2015, 16, uh, around Brexit time. And so that time till 2020 is about five years. More than how long it took me, I'll, I'll keep on repeating, it took a certain cycle. And one of the reasons I think I'm so blessed man, is... I have an investment philosophy that looks that says I want to protect myself against black swans. Yeah. And by nature, black swans yeah. happen either twice in a year or once every hundred years. By definition, they're so random and improbable that you can't predict them. 
Yeah. You can only see in hindsight that they would have happened. And so, in my case, as I say, I started investing in 2012. But I read Ben Graham and um, crystallized my methodology 2015, 16, somewhere there. And from that point on till 2020, it took about five years, five to four years. But more important than that, I have an investment methodology that looks at once-in-a-lifetime events. And it says yeah. that once-in-a-lifetime, when this particular event should or does happen, then I should be protected on the downside. Yeah. And... You know, as the universe works in mysterious ways, COVID happened and then lockdowns happened and trading um, was not allowed under lockdowns, which is an event that is unprecedented until, uh, I mean, um, except for a hundred years prior with the, I think the Spanish flu or something like that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And it so happened, happens that that is exactly what it takes to test my methodology. And I would say it's a perfect cycle. All the conditions happened within four or five years of my lifetime. And I'm lucky that it happened before I turned 30. So it means that I got to prove my investment methodology without waiting 10 to 15 to 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. How, how was that process like? Because for me, because it's one thing to, 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 for us to say, do your own thing, find your own thing. But... How how do you develop your own thing? So, how was the process in in finding your own thing? Because for me, it was just a matter of um, putting the hours in and seeing the seeing what I could pick up and 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 profit from. So, say you put the hours in, especially because I think you don't invest in companies with a market cap of less than five or ten billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So say you put the hours in and then the opportunity for dispel and MTN doesn't come about because my investment universe is I think 180 shares because I don't invest in property and financial services, right? Yeah. I would imagine companies that have a market cap of 5 to 10 billion are even fewer than that. Right? Yeah. So the likelihood of you getting exposure to an entry into a share into a company like um Distel and or MTN is so much lower than the likelihood that I get to invest in a company that has got little to no debt, positive earnings and pays dividends, 25 to 30 percent of earnings in dividends, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So on the one hand, I agree with you, it's the hard work. You had to put in the work to, in the first place, have the methodology. But second of all, you also have to have the luck of the market cycle yeah, playing out yeah. in such a way that you get to have the opportunity to identify the companies or shares that meet that methodology that you've prepared for. You know, yeah, there yeah. are people that sit with the perfect market hypothesis, for example, and I don't know how long they're going to have to wait for the perfect market hypothesis to play out before they can apply it to the markets. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. No, no, continue. So you, need to, you need to do the work. You need to do the work to 
perfectly understand the methodology, then you need to be lucky enough that the circumstances in real life present themselves for you to be able to prove or disprove your methodology. Yeah, yeah. And like, um, I can't, I can't, uh, um, as you said, like 2020 was a very fortuitous event for you um, because it gave you an opportunity to, to, I suppose, test the, the the assumptions that you have around your methodology or around your 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 philosophy if they would actually work if that one in a hundred years event actually happens um and but what i'm what i'm trying to get at is for 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 you to profit from a a, a fortunate event you need to have been there when that fortunate event actually happens Yes, you know, and it, it again. I, I come back to to this. Like, there's no bypassing your ten thousand hours because you can only build that amount of conviction with ten thousand hours. Because if you're just watching uh, Business Day TV and 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 picking up whatever the the um, they saying there on on you know Stockwatch or yeah. whatever the program is, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You have my siblings that are 15 and 17, respectively. They definitely haven't put in the 10,000 hours, but they seem to have the conviction and they're getting the results. Yeah. I think, and the reason, okay, maybe let me, let me maybe then delve into the 10,000 hours because I've had the privilege of, I uh, think, engaging Med, uh, Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell on it, right? Mm. So Malcolm Gladwell was trying to actually prove a point as to how difficult it is to become successful and how much you need to support people in your communities that show some certain talent that exists, right? Mm. He said, if you take a talented, sorry, you've got a defined population, a talented golfer like... Um, Tiger Woods, a talented coder like Bill Gates, right? Doing nothing else, they need 10,000 hours of intentional practice to become Tiger Woods of, or Bill Gates. Yeah. He was not necessarily saying that any Tom, Dick, and Harry can put 10,000 hours <laughs> into something and then they'll become an expert in that thing. Yeah, well, yeah. He was trying to show that if someone as talented as Tiger Woods still needs three to five years of nothing but practicing the craft. How more supportive do we need to be in our communities? Yeah. 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 And yeah. yeah, and the proof is almost in the fact that some of us um, take longer when we think we are talented. But oh, Seth, you're coming from a black community. You're coming from a home that didn't necessarily have a mom and dad for the first couple of years. Yeah, but then mm. you start to realize that, oh, okay, I see now why it's not taking me five years because that's 10,000 hours, right? About five years. Yeah, I yeah. see why it's taking me seven years. Why it's taking me 10 years. The point wasn't necessarily the 10,000 hours. The point was we need to support one another. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. 
But I'll go back to your question and I'll go back to what I actually think it is and not the 10,000 hours. I think it's first principles thinking. I think there is a natural justice that exists where if you have put out a pure hypothesis, it should be able to stand the test of time. Yeah, well, yeah. Because you're reasoning from first principles. That is why you have Zig Ziglar saying that, um, and I think even uh, Peter Lynch says it, that you should be able to explain it to a 10-year-old. If you can't yeah. explain to a 10-year-old, then it doesn't make sense or it doesn't work. Don't think it's necessarily the fact that a 10-year-old needs to understand it. It's that it needs to be that simplistic in its foundational theory that anybody should be able to logically link to it. Yeah, well, yeah, and yeah. then the market circumstances coming through is just merely a formality. So I believed in Louis before COVID happened, but COVID presented the opportunity for Louis to show that my conviction was well placed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. But so 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 if if extraordinarily ta talented people uh, um, require that much intentional practice, what more for uh, for the for the lack of a better word for the average guys in in, in terms of 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 putting the intentional and I think that the, the, the the, the 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 operative word that, that you mentioned there was intentional and yeah. and i think i think yeah that's the that's the i think the the the, the intentional part is more important than the 10 or the number of hours however whether it's 10,000 5,000 or heckman 20,000 but the intention behind uh, um the action and the the whatever habits that you build is far more important than the hours themselves. So, for me, that also uh, sounds like. Uh, and by the way, you know, Jamuta, I'm a devil's advocate. So yeah. <laughs> it's not. I don't. I don't even think it's that we're disagreeing. It's that for every time I can find an opportunity to split the hairs, I will, for the sake just of having another example out there, right? Yeah. So. I think when we argue intentionality, nah, I think it falls in the same paradigm of thinking of where they say hard work leads to success. And then um, a pan-Africanist will say, but how hard do Africans work because slavery was built on their backs? Yeah, you know? Yeah. In other words, when you say you need to be more, in, it's the intentionality in it. Nah. Yeah. I would like to think and I think at some point we once spoke about the pass rate for black professionals in medicine, engineering, law, and in accounting. It's so atrocious. But as well, when you look at the demographics, these are the poorest of the poor. I would like to believe that they have an incentive to be more intentional than anybody else. And yeah. part of the proof, for example, is how we're able to split hairs because we are so intentional that we always come up with the outlier or black swan scenario. So you pitch a no-brainer um, hypothesis. And then 10 times out of 10, it will be a black person that puts up their hand and says, but what if 
And then they come up with a scenario that is so far-fetched that you think to yourself, yo, I can imagine the amount of energy it takes to come up with a scenario that's so unique that it's going to disprove just spend less than you earn, you know, as an example. So I still maintain that I don't think it's as much intentionality as it is first principles. It just needs to make sense. And I don't know what the criteria... Yeah, yeah you can continue, man. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not sure I cut off, but I think yeah, it was just around the whole point that yeah, I still maintain that um, in hindsight, survivorship bias, confirmation bias, I can say that it was hard work, it was intentionality, all those things that um, made it happen. But I think nowadays I'm more lean towards first principles more than um, a particular characteristic or type of effort on my part, you know? Yeah, I accept yeah. that I just have to speak to the natural laws that exist in most things, you know, be fair, um, don't be greedy, uh, assess the situation as it is, not as you intended to be or not as you feel you deserve given how much work you've put in, all of those other factors. It's purely just to say, you know what, analyze the situation to the best of your knowledge as it is. And then see if you are right or wrong, acquire more knowledge, and then test it again. Yeah, no, got you, got you, got you. And um, you, or, or, you mentioned first principles a lot, uh, um, and you, you've given you've given a few examples just now. Um, what are some of your uh, um, do or die first principles that no matter what happens, these are not broken. Both in life and in markets. For investing. For both. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Um, I was about to split them, but I realized that uh, actually funny enough, I can split them, but then first principles comes back in. Nah. Yeah. So the first one is um, avoid capital loss. You know, in life, don't die on the markets. Don't risk capital, you know? Yeah. Um, in other words, if you can play Russian roulette, and it's funny now, I'm going to the exact example of avoiding. The return on Russian roulette is not worth the possible loss. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You could die, and then it doesn't matter what you stood to win. Yeah. Um, same as on the markets. On the markets... Don't first analyze the potential return. Yeah. First analyze the potential downside and make sure that there is no risk of capital loss. You know, um, someone said to me, um, dog, you should have stayed, you should have uh, kept to your social investment. And I said, what about Steinoff? <laughs> someone said to me now, actually tonight, um, they posted a status saying that Mercedes-Benz invested 50 million in Tesla, 50 million euros, I think back in 2009-10 or somewhere there. And then in 2012, they lost patience 
and they sold the stake for 795 million. Had they held the stake, they would have made 95 billion. The twist is that Tesla is trying to buy Mercedes-Benz and Mercedes-Benz is valued at 10% of Tesla, you know? And I said to the person, you know, hindsight is 2020. These guys have just more than 10x their money, you know? Yeah. Um, it's easy now for us to see how stupid it was for Merck to sell their stake in Tesla at 795 uh, million. But they more than 10x their money. It, yeah. by all definitions, is a flippant grade trade. Don't look at what could have been because that information was not available when they were making the decision available. Ah, yeah, well, observable and I even fact, completed yeah. it by saying, yeah, yeah, had they made the same investment in Nikola, the truck company, they would have taken their 50 to zero. And we don't get to do that type of an, 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 an analysis. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why I say the first principle would be don't lose capital. Your life being capital and your the money that you've worked hard for to put into the markets being capital. So that's the first, first principle. The second uh, first principle, oh, what a joke. <laughs> the second first principle is does it do what it says is on the sticker. So in other words, don't expect more than what that thing is designed for. So as I say, I've said to my team, you're born in sub-Saharan Africa, you maybe have an above average intelligence and you've gotten average uh, opportunities. First, cream those opportunities. Don't try and be a Casper vest. Nicolette Machile, Simon Brown, you name it. First, deliver on what is an expected outcome given your set of circumstances. You know, Louis, again, you know, my favorite investment. <laughs> I don't care for Louis to make a hundred rand earnings per share. I care for Louis to make the same earnings per share as it has made in the last 20 years. That's it. Do it for 10 more years because now for the next 10 years, I'm an investor. And I care for Louis to pay the same dividends that it has paid in the last 20 years because for the next 10 years, I'm an investor. So I just need you to do what you've always been doing. Just deliver on your set of circumstances. It's the same in life. In life... If you show an above average IQ in a rural area, just deliver on that. Don't try and become Elon Musk because Elon Musk also showed an above average IQ, but he didn't do it in a rural area. He did it at Boys Eye. Bill Gates did it at Harvard. Zuckerberg did it at Harvard. You know? So yeah. don't try to compete with a Harvard graduate. Compete with the people where you were given the advantage that you had. So that's the second uh, first principle. The third is now that you've avoided deletion, you're still alive, you're still in the market, and you're delivering on your purpose. 
you're getting the returns that you had calculated you think you deserve. Now you can start to speculate. But speculate with a part of the portfolio that is insignificant. Don't say because you believe in Tesla or Bitcoin, let me put a hundred thousand rand in to match my conviction or to match my belief because it's the less speculation. Purple Group dropped now this week and people were panicking, sending me messages. <laughs> hey, what does this mean? What does this mean? And I've never been so grateful that I think two or three weeks ago, I posted a status where I said, Purple Group is a great company, great speculation, bad investment. So now when it was dropping or tanking, whatever, because Mark Barnes was selling his position, um, and, and that's a position that is held since 2008, it was defined. It's just, if you didn't know that, it just seems like, oh my God, what's happened? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Don't overinvest to match your conviction. Don't compensate conviction with hope using money as the bridging gap, right? Yeah. So it doesn't make sense what purple group should be uh, valued at. You have hope that it should be valued at the same price as Capitec. You're going to fill the valuation gap with money. Now you're going to invest 20,000 rand. Yeah. You speak to any one of us, you, I know you included in jabs, who invested in Purple Group when it was 26 cents, and even at one rand, some of us were going in. We never invested, we never bet the house on it. We knowingly or unknowingly said, if our speculation is correct and our analysis is correct, that this should be the next 10 bagger, I'm going to put... 1% of my portfolio in this. And if it becomes a 10-bagger, it will grow itself to 10, yeah. 20, 30, 40% of my portfolio. I won't put capital to that amount. Yeah, yeah. So I think broadly, those are the three um, first principles that I live by. Um, avoid loss. Analyze the expectations given the set of circumstances. And then if you're lucky that those two play out as you had calculated and you have a little bit of a little bit extra in your pocket to take risks that you otherwise wouldn't have uh, deserved the rights to, apprise those risks appropriately and let them prove the business case. I think those are the three philosophies that I play on. So for example, I'll give you an example now in my personal life. I'm almost 30 in a couple of months. I don't have a child. I'm not married. I've got the qualifications that I think I need to survive life. Hopefully tomorrow's outcome comes out as expected. I think I now have earned the right to gamble on something that has got less than 50% outcomes, like starting a business, going into potential marriage, those sort of things, where yeah. statistically you wouldn't advise anyone they go into those types of things off the bat. But given that I have managed to live up to my first few first principles, I think I have a marriage or two in me that I can gamble. I think I have a business or two in me that I can gamble. And if that doesn't work out, then I default to a baseline that is still higher than the average. Yeah. In, in some sense of create yourself a higher high or a higher low, as it were. Yeah. 
hundred percent. It's a higher low actually. Yeah, because even if you fall to a low, whatever that low is, it's it's a heck of a lot higher um, than it would have been had you not done the things that you've done up to this far. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, and it's an engineering, con- it's a margin of safety. Yeah, true, 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 true. So you, I mean, I, I like your, 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 your three principles of, of, of don't lose money uh, um, uh, and the like. So how, how, how does that manifest in itself in, in, your, in your portfolio? So how do you s- screen your 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 potential investment universe in such a manner that what what are the things that you're looking for so that you don't lose money you so you stick to that first principle yeah um i think it's well known uh with me uh, considering now i'm I've earned my resident status <laughs> first and foremost is debt you yeah. know yeah. um and a, a company without debt doesn't need elon musk as a ceo you know yeah. it can hire almost anyone as a ceo and it reasonably will survive you know um the second one is positive earnings um through a market cycle so, so a market cycle statistically seven years a business cycle it's seven years every seven years there's either a correction there's either a depression there's either a recession you name it so a company that can survive seven years with positive earnings in each of those years, irrespective of fluctuations. So in other words, positive 100, positive 50, positive 150, positive 60. Those are all positives. Yeah. Yeah, And then uh, dividends, because I've learned that uh, even at that point, you still do need another buffer. And that buffer for me is dividends. That company must be paying at least 25% of their earnings per share in dividends. If I've got those three, then um, that company um, deserves to be in my portfolio. And I'm comfortable that it has covered the first principles of investing. Okay. It, it can't go out of business. It is generating positive profits and it's paying back shareholders. Ah, no, got you. So don't owe people, make some money and give me some money. Yes. <laughs> Cool, man. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add, man. Yeah, I think just to bring it back to the topic, as you had mentioned, um, because I can imagine that to you and I, we understand the conversation that we've just had, but I think if we don't have this, let's bring it back home. Yeah, it's very yeah. easy for the uh, ear to think, oh my God, the topic, the heading says one thing, but the conversation was something else. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the concept of it's a solo game and the article that you wrote um, where you said you need to discover your own thing. I think this invite was earned by me saying, hey, Jayam, I've read many of your articles and most of them have okayed them. Hey, this one is niggling me, you know. I feel as if I will get down. And long I get down, is where you kept on mentioning thing, 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 your own thing, and you never got to define what that own thing was. And I think from there, we established that it's either a philosophy or it's, or at least on my part, it's a philosophy that you have made your own. And I think the analogy used in the article was to say, 
all great golfers use the same basics of golf, right? Yes. But they are unique in their own way. And that's their thing. And I think we took it to sports and I said, let's look at football, for example. The concept of football is simple. Score more goals than you concede. And if you do that often enough, you become champion, you become a Hall of Famer, you become Pep Guardiola, you know? And we then took that and said, but continue. When you say thing, what are you talking about? And then we then said, it's a philosophy. And what also came out of that was, today there are more people that are disciples of the Pep Guardiola type of football, gang and pressing type of football that Klopp and Rangnick um, espouse, but they still want Pep. There's still Pep who is the poster child for it and is winning irrespective of other people being around for that type of thing. And What we even learn Sorry, man, you, you disappeared. Pep and Klopp, they did Hello? Yeah, no. Uh, how do I handle this? No, oh, yeah, no, I was yeah, getting a call. Um, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. And I was saying, um, what we can establish from the both of them is that uh, Pep and Klopp, they didn't invent the styles of football that they play. Yes. Right? Yes. Somebody else invented them, and we can argue that both of them are greater than that person. Yes. Equally so, other people have fed off their methodologies, but they're not as great as them yet, at least. Yeah. And what then led to this conversation was saying, maybe it's not necessarily having your own thing, or let's define this thing that we speak about. And I think for me, where I became comfortable, where, where what I came up to was to say, actually, it's taking all the investment methodologies available in the market, taking your personality, your set of characteristics, your habits, your predispositions, and knowing which methodologies are available and have stood the test of time. How can you understand them in a way that you make them your own? Such that if we were to wake you up in the... Yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. Such that if we were to put you in universe number 992, you would still be successful. And it's not because you're implementing your own thing, but you found a successful formula that speaks to you in your language. Yeah, yeah. And that then becomes your thing. 100%. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And we've seen it countless times with world champions where when they're losing a game, we all say they don't have a plan B. You know? Yeah. Club, Roger Federer, Serena Williams, you name it. We all wish they could just tap into Federer mode or they could just tap into pragmatic mode and just win the game, Pep, it's 1-0 against Chelsea. Just <laughs> win the game, you know? Um, 
but they don't. They really do not. They stick to that thing. And it's because for them, that option doesn't exist in a probability-weighted universe and a random distribution of outcome universe. Pep becomes Pep Guardiola by sticking to his methodology. And he doesn't know if it works in the 20th minute, 31st minute, 57th minute, 90th minute, 95th minute. He just knows that in his universe, it works out for him if he sticks to it. Because if he switches to Klopp's methodology in the UCL final, he loses 3-0 and not 1-0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, just... Figure it, figure it out. What's your thing, and 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 stick to it. And it 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 goes down to 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 also just writing, having having rules that that guide your behavior, um, in and out of the markets, uh, um, and and not not just copying people, but learning from them. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's first principles. Um, we're lucky that in most of the fields that most of us will find ourselves in, ne? Yeah. we already have people that have discovered them for us. Yeah. We just have to, and maybe this is where your 10,000 hours comes in. We just have to put in the time to get it, right? And yeah. get the alternatives and then play a matching game where we say this one matches my personality. Yeah. And then apply it. Yeah. You know, and nobody can, yeah. And nobody can convince you. And I think um while I'm with you on the line, for me, you've been the biggest testament of that because I remember very well teaching you how to read financial statements and how to invest in inverted commas using a philosophy. But my philosophy was no loss of capital and the other things that I spoke about. And you understood it and got it perfectly, but it wasn't your language at all. Trading was your language. And mm. most people don't understand how I can look at your work, have no idea of the technical mechanics that are going on, but have a first principles understanding of risk and what I would do and also what I can deduce you are doing because I can see what's going on. I just don't know the steps that you took to get there, but I can see that, no man, this person has got a risk profile or an investment, invest uh, thing, a weighted portfolio that follows the similar principles that I also follow, you know, which is number one, you can't predict the future, you know, number two, play the game that's in play. And number three, play it using the strategies that have proved the most successful, but successful not just because their strategies are good, successful also because they speak to your philosophy or your personality, you know? Yeah. You're a yeah. family man, you have wife and kid, you have a business that you're running outside of trading, and therefore you don't have the time to camp in front of a screen. Therefore, you need a methodology that allows you to not check it every 10 seconds, for example. Yeah. You know? And then I can see that. 
even though I can't do it myself, I can see those first principles come through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And as, yeah. as you mentioned, as you mentioned these first principle, um, I remember uh, when when you 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 were you were teaching me these things, you kept you kept on inf- emphasizing the point of not losing money in the market and different ways yeah. of ensuring that you don't lose money in the market. I I, I just yeah. so so what I just did is take that principle as a first principle and find a way yeah. of implementing that first principle, which for me was cutting my losses short and letting my winners run. You know, yeah. there's no other way I could yeah. put it, you know? And stop losses because sometimes people think us saying don't lose money means don't go in the red. Yeah. <laughs> which is two different things because the market is volatile. There's nothing you and I can do about volatility in the market. Yeah. You know? But what we can do is that if volatility breaks your rules in your case, so for example, it drops below a certain point, then it doesn't meet the criteria that you're looking for. Yes. In my case, if volatility is as a result of taking on more debt, losses, not declaring a dividend when you previously used to declare dividends, then it's no longer, it's not just pure volatility. It's now volatility as a result of a first principles having a principle having been broken. Yeah. And as a result, that's the don't lose money that we talk about. Don't have faith in a company that's not paying dividends. Don't have faith in a company that does not have a good debt equity debt uh, ratio. Don't have faith in a company that breaches a stop loss. Don't have faith in a company who uh, does not meet the technical indicators that you've set out for yourself. Yeah. However, by all means, have a have a have faith in a company that you buy at ten rand, it goes to an eight rand, but hasn't triggered your stop loss. Or you bought at ten rand, it goes to eight rand, but Debt hasn't changed, earnings hasn't changed, and dividends haven't changed. No first principle was violated. It's just volatility. It's not risk, in fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think to to, 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 to just add uh, um, as we close is the markets are going to teach you far much more than the books ever will. Um, um, The... the, Again, I, I keep going back to 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 the time, and also there's there's a there's a there's a thing you you, you used to say, um, particularly around ancestors and the like, is that you are a result of compounding effect of everything that has come before you. So, yeah, you you don't necessarily need to put in ten thousand hours per se, because some of those hours were put in for you by the people that you will learn from. Yeah. So they put yeah. in the hours so that you don't have to put as much hours. And and ah, what a way to end off. Does that not prove my earlier argument where I said, let's move away from the fixation of 10,000 hours and rather move to first principles? Yeah. Because the 10,000 hours might not even have been put by you, as is yes. the case with my sibling they don't have to go and study the other methodologies. They just have to take their brother's methodology 
and apply it. And 10,000 hours later, they will have made more money than I did. And they will now have their own conviction, but they avoided paying school fees, learning other yeah. methodologies. Yeah. yeah. Everything yeah. compounds. Yeah. Everything so, compounds. Yeah. 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 Bad mistakes and uh, thing. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. I think, yeah. <laughs> Considering you said it's the conclusion, I'm full example that's just going to uh, take us down another rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's let's just park it here. Let's just park it on a good note. Thank you very much, man, for taking the time. I really appreciate you coming back to the show. I'm, I'm pretty sure you will be back sometime in the future. Um, uh, that's it for the show this week. Be sure not to miss another episode of the British Twitter podcast. And by subscribing on your favorite podcatcher, we everywhere where good podcasts aggregated. Um, do join someone, Brian and myself, this evening as you're listening at 5.30 um live on zoom the link will be that will be in the description below and i'll also leave the link to the article um i, I know we went in 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 in, in different uh, um direction you know outside of the article there a little bit um but i'll leave the link uh, i'll leave the link to the article uh, uh below otherwise Sergi, thank you man for your time and thank you for listening checking i'm check you next time on the video trader cheers